Well, hey, everybody, are you ready for Texas homegrown music? I know I am, and I'm excited about my guest, Michael Paul Lawson. He's going to be talking to us about his music pilgrimage all the way from upstate New York to Austin, Texas, and you know, what it was that he went through to get here, and so glad that he is and a part of our Texas music scene. So I don't want to take up too much time. I want to get to him very quickly. Before I do, I'm going to do a song called Testify gotten real nostalgic lately and I remember recording this song in the studio with my good friend Andy Timmons who he and I co-wrote a lot of these songs together and this particular song actually has Clarence Clemens singing on it and you can hear him laughing at the very end that big belly laugh only Clarence has so sit back relax get ready for this beautiful session with Michael Paul Lawson right here on Texas Homegrown Music with Mainly Thomas.
Well, hey, everybody, we're back with my guest, Michael Paul Lawson. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much. So Michael's coming to us from Austin. And, uh, you know, I was just in Austin last uh, last week. And I uh, I got to tell you, I love it. I, I There was a time where I really thought I wanted to move down there and be a part of that music scene. And uh, years ago, of course, we got stuck here in, in North Dallas, McKinney area. But now we're just trying to make this a music hub, too. So there you go. But um, I understand you guys have been getting some rain. We've finally been getting some rain. And I was there whenever the torrential pour down came. And I don't know that the Austin streets are really ready for that kind of rain because it was soaring down Guadalupe. <laughs> I think I could have gotten yeah, a boat. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, was, it was something. Um, I've, been, I've been joking. There's a song I wrote a number of years ago uh, that was on my last record called Memories and Throttle. And uh, I had written a line about it not raining for weeks and and i grew up on the east coast and i was always in kind of coastal towns and uh, the idea of it not raining for weeks just seemed like hyperbole to me like that didn't feel realistic uh and then, and then this past summer in austin like i was i was counting the days of no rain and i think we were we were into the 50s and i just started feeling like it's never gonna rain again and it was, I mean, it's just been, it's been brutal. It's been brutal. So then, yeah, the skies opened up last week. And then I had an outdoor show that I was supposed to play yesterday uh, on August 30th. And, and we got rained out. So that's like a, a one in a million chance of happening here. So it's, it's been a wild summer. Well, I understand you're going to reschedule that show. And we definitely want to tell everybody about it because um, you've got a new record coming out. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I gotta say, Michael, I don't know who your influences were, but um, you've got an old soul inside of you, and I, and I couldn't wait to hear your speaking voice because your your singing voice is just amazing to me. Though just the tenure of of it and the 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 sound of it, I don't know. I I I'm enthralled. I love it, and I'm I'm definitely a fan. I'm. I'm a huge fan of just the, you know, going back to the real basics of what um, country music started out being. And of course, just like everything in rock and, and pop and every other kind of genre of music, there's so many different styles that can be, you know, taken in. But you definitely have that ground floor country sound that everybody longs for. But you got to be born with the voice. And dude, you were born born with the voice. There's no doubt about it. That's you know that's funny that you say that. Um, I, I was I was a little adverse to country music when I was when I was growing up. Um, it wasn't maybe my first love musically, though. My father tells a story of me being like three years old and running around with a Conway Twitty record because I just thought the name uh, Conway Twitty was was hilarious. <laughs> and for the record, I still think the name Conway yeah, Twitty is too. hilarious. Um, so, but you know, when I when I got serious about singing um, and and being a songwriter. Uh, and I, I started taking some voice lessons and I got this voice teacher. This was 2011, 2012. And I, the, the first day I met with her, you know, she has me sing some exercises and she goes, you just have a great voice for country. And 
at the time that was just that wasn't what I wanted to hear. Um, I was I was kind of coming from like more of a hard rock background. I wanted to sing more uh, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers type of type of stuff. I've been all over the map musically, um, and that's kind of where I was leaning at that point in time. And so, uh, long story short, I ended up getting another voice teacher, um, and not because she told me that my voice sounded sounded good for country, but uh, I ended up getting the second voice teacher and the. F- first time she hears me sing, she goes, oh my God, Michael, you have this amazing voice for country. And I'm like, why the heck does everybody keep saying that? (laughs) Um, And it's, you know, like you said, it's, it's, it is something that I think I was just born with and I kind of have a little bit of a natural twang and I'm a baritone, which is a little bit, you know, that that's more aligned with, with classic country music. And so, you know, I learned all of those things a bit later. Um, actually when I was, I was working with an opera singer for oh, a wow. while and okay. kind of classically training my voice. I had some, I, cause I was mostly self-taught to sing. Like I think a lot of us were, you know, other than, you know, singing in chorus in school, um, you know, I had some bad habits that I needed to break. And so I was working uh, with a classically trained singer and she was like, no, you're a baritone. You've got to stop trying to belt out these tenor songs because they're not, they're not for you. Not your range. They're not, they Uh, weren't natural. It was kind of not in my range. And so, you know, developing a greater appreciation for my voice as an instrument and really learning how to play and how to use it. That's, that's something that I'm continually trying to, to evolve. Well, I think you've mastered it, Michael. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Um, you know, and and let me just let me just say for the record, I I my grandfather was in a country band, and um, but I grew up listening like um, a lot of people in the '70s, which is when when I really started getting into six, late '60s and '70s. I'm a lot older than you are. Um, listening to music, my first love was at the time. Uh, definitely soul rock and uh, you know I mean I and, and the and those you know those real earthy southern rock bands um, and so I definitely can appreciate what you were saying but you know the reality is when you listen to some of these um, artists that we that their their artistry moves on through every decade they're entertainers and it's just the way that they sing a song and how you interpret it as to whether or not you want to put them in a class of rock country pop blues jazz um i think you could sing anything you chose to sing honestly just by listening to your voice but i tell you the ease that you have of of these storytelling um songs that you write is just perfect for this genre and i I can see why you would be opening up shows for people like uh, Willie Nelson and some of the, some of the, some of the gigs that you've done. When I read about you, I can totally see why they would grab you and and want you to be a part of what they're doing because it's just it's just real. And your stories, um, I, I want to know: Are you have you lived through some of these things? Because I know I definitely can tell you've had some heartache because you can't write a song the way you wrote about heart uh, about love lost unless you've been through it. You know, it's funny. I I was just talking to somebody about this about how I can never, no matter how hard I try, I, I cannot write about things uh, when I'm knee deep in it. Um, there's always. A, a significant delay 
uh, between when something is happening in my life to when I feel like I can finally write about it. Because if I try, if I try too hard to write about something while I'm going through it, like it, it just comes out uh, a little too heavy-handed, a little too on the nose, and, and ultimately I don't feel like it's it's very good. It's too personal. I haven't been able to to step back and really remove myself from it and figure out um, how I even feel about it. So. Almost everything I write, you know, by the time I write about it, I'm so far removed from it that I don't necessarily feel like it's a song about me. But it is, you know, there's always going to be parts of me and and parts of my experiences that are in those things and in those characters. And I think I think every writer would share the same sentiment. But I've always I've always kind of shied away from being like, oh, my God, I'm going through this this heartbreak right now. And. You know, I'll certainly write in those moments, but almost always I never keep anything or release anything from those times because I really just need I need that space and I need that clarity. Um, And ultimately, that helps me, I think, make those stories more universally relatable um, and something that, that I hope that people can connect with. Well, tell me about Lucille because you've uh, this is a new um, single that you just released and it's coming out on your your uh, album on October seventh, Love Songs for Lovers. Um, tell me about that that particular song then, because um, obviously it's it's got some it's definitely got some uh, personal touches to it. Yeah, you know, I think. Lucille isn't anybody that I've ever known. I, like I've never met a Lucille in my life. That's a very old name, um, and it's it does have kind of some precedence and some history within both country music and 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 soul and and R and B. Oh, absolutely, as well. certainly, uh, certainly. Guitars have been have named been Lucille. written about. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, you know, for me, Lucille was more about just an idea that you know I think deep down, we all have this person that we, when things aren't working out the way that we wanted them to, or things are a little bit different than we expected them to be in our lives. I think there's a natural tendency to to look back and think, well, if I had just done this one thing differently, or if things had just worked out with this one person, maybe everything would be completely different right now. And that's, that's kind of the primary gist behind Lucille. It's not about a a particular person in my life, but just thinking back to times in my life where um, I wasn't in the place where I wanted to be and feeling like, oh, you know, if things had just worked out with so-and-so so so many years ago, then everything would would be better. And I think Ultimately, what I wanted to get this song to was a place where the character at the end has come to an acceptance that it's okay that things didn't work out and it's okay that there was no resolution. Um, you know, it's, it's learning how to manage and when things don't work out the way that you want them to, that's, that's really what Lucille is about. Well, isn't that what life is about? I mean, honestly, because, um, it's a journey and I don't think we ever have true resolution for anything. I think we learn things. We, and, and there's acceptance and then there's also, um, you know, there's gratefulness, and and sometimes um, I've certainly lived long enough to realize that what I thought I wanted uh, ends up as, uh, in the long run. Sometimes I, have, as I look back, it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be anyway, and maybe what I got was really better than what I thought I wanted. So, 
I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm that lemonade girl anyway. I'm going to make some lemonade out of lemons, thank goodness, because I've had a whole bunch of lemons in my life for sure. But I have learned to look at the bright side of everything. And that half full glass is what works for me. So I, I love the song and I, I love your voice. And I want to hurry up and play it because I want everybody to hear why I jumped on the opportunity to have you on the show. Because for all you listeners out there, if you're not familiar with Michael Paul Lawson, you need to be... I mean, honestly, this is the kind of music that you can put on and and play it. And within two or three songs, you're going to be hooked. This guy's voice, it it just keeps ringing in my head. I listened to it last night, which is what I do usually the night before on an interview, is I try to make myself just listen to a lot of different songs and kind of feel where you're coming from. And I'll tell you what. I'm I'm such a fan already, and I, that's what I love about doing this show. And I love being able to, for myself, discover new artists that I didn't know about and share their music with others because um, it helps life. And and I I'm so grateful that I'm in this music business in this in this way that I can I can help other people discover people like you, Michael. So I'm going to play Lucille right now, and we're going to come back. We'll talk about um, the, this journey for you. How you know how you came to to this place and um and also this record and how much it means to you to put out another record i know this is your second full-length album in um, not that long of a time frame and i'd love to talk about that journey and what it what it took to get here so you're listening to texas homegrown music with my guest michael paul lawson this song called lucille he just released um, and it's coming out on full record uh, in, on October 7th called Love Songs for Lovers. But here's Lucille with Michael Paul Lawson, and we'll be right back. Supposed to be with Lulu Seal. 
this far From where we were To wherever the hell you are Hey Lucy back and I, I need to correct myself the new album is called love songs for loners it makes so much more sense anyway to be for loners um, because these songs are just the kind of like I said I have I've only heard the two cuts that you've sent me and I know that um, if I love those the way that I do I know that I'm in store for something really wonderful so tell me about this um Tell me about this album and the concept behind it and how you how you came up with it. I, you know, from the pretty much right after I had released my first record, um, Some Fights Will Never Win, I pretty quickly started writing songs again um, for what I hoped would be another record. And uh, a few of them that are on the record came out pretty quickly, uh, or I finished writing them pretty quickly after after that one. And uh, and then I and then I moved to Austin uh, right at the end of 2019, and was here just in time for for everything to shut down Ugh. in the beginning of 2020. Uh, so just impeccable timing on on my part. And so I kind of spent you know a lot of that period just just really focused on writing. And I've always been a very I'm a very streaky writer. I will go through a lot of peaks and valleys where. I will write a lot very quickly and then I will go just completely dormant and have nothing to say for months at a time and the fear settles in that I'm never going to write a song again and then I go through another uh, period of immense productivity. So uh, I kind of I kind of cycled through that a couple of times uh, throughout 2020 and um, the themes all kind of started to play together and love songs for loners was, was kind of a working title that I had, um, as I was piecing songs together for the record and, uh, just never found anything that felt better, uh, for a title. And, and, and I wanted to do something that felt like a classic country record, but I wanted to pull in some of my other influences, uh, having grown up in Northern New York and having uh, lived in Virginia for a pretty extensive period of time. So a little bit more bluegrass, a little bit more folk, a little bit more blues elements mixed in with uh, some of that, uh, you know, Texas classic country sound. Um, and I wanted to do this, this compilation of love songs that maybe weren't 
your traditional love songs. Um, I wanted to try to veer off some of those classic country tropes uh, and put a, a, a spin on things that made it feel like, okay, if I'm somebody that's alone a lot or if you kind of just, I kind of just go my own way, I do my own thing. What are the kind of love songs that feel most applicable to that, to that person? And that, that was somebody that I was throughout a lot of my twenties. So uh, I was, I was kind of diving into uh, old, old versions of myself that, like I mentioned earlier, I kind of needed to have that time away from to gain that clarity about who that person was, what that person thought, um, and basically what kind of songs I felt like that person needed needed at that point in time. And that's kind of how it all all came together in terms of naming the record. Well, I um, I just you know, I just got from you quickly and I want to make sure we expound on that. You I, I read that you actually I think you were born in upstate New York or I saw something about being from upstate New York originally, maybe moving to Virginia what brought you to Austin? I mean, I obviously you're playing, you're singing country music, or and you're and you're writing country music. Um, I can certainly see why you would want to come down to Texas, um, and and why Austin instead of Nashville. Which I'm actually very very thrilled that you chose Texas over um, Tennessee because I really feel like that we are. Um, better <laughs> for for lack of a another word but um what what is it that brought you to Austin and specifically in 2019 uh, and, and obviously no none of us saw the what was on the horizon with um with what happened with covid and it shut down so many people in the music industry for quite a while and now we we're, we're finally seeing the light at the end of that tunnel but I, I'm always interested in what it is that brings people to uh, a certain area. Yeah, so I've I've had a I've had a connection to Austin since I was since I was a kid. Uh, my parents divorced right around the time that I was born. Um, they were both music teachers, and my father ended up moving to Texas, um, and he was teaching music uh, at, at Texas A and M Kingsville. Okay. Uh, I believe it was. And then he ultimately ended up settling in Austin in the mid 90s, um, you know, when Austin was still weird. And <laughs> so I would come as, as a child, you know, once I was old enough to fly, so like at four years old, um, I was coming down to Austin to visit my father okay. uh, and staying down here for, you know, weeks at a time. And uh, so I had this, I had this draw here. Okay. Uh, because I had a parent that was here and I was spending time here and I continued to do that throughout my, my childhood. And I remember being in elementary school and I, I would get back to New York after, after coming to Texas and feeling out of place in New York uh, to some extent. And I, and I wanted to talk about Texas and I, I wanted to brag about spending so much time in Texas, um, just like I guess a true Texan would want to brag about Texas anywhere that they go. Um, and it's funny, I went to school with a girl who had moved uh, to our school district from Texas and she was, uh, she was not having it because I didn't actually live in Texas. She was very protective of her place as a Texan in the uh, upstate New York hierarchy of oh, home gosh, states, okay. uh, so to say. Uh, long story short, you know, Austin was always on my radar. It was always a place that I that I revered. Well, I'm so glad you did, and I feel like Austin really got lucky to have you um, there. And I know that 
I mean, I I don't know, actually. I've played in Austin several times. I don't know how competitive it is. I know that um, even at the time that I was playing, you know, our band was playing there back and forth a lot in the late 90s and early 2000s. Um, I, I know that, you know, it was very hard to really make money because, you know, you had so many bands that were lined up to play for free. And here we were traveling to get there. So it was very hard to do that without, you know, making any money at all. Um, I've, I feel like um, there's enough venues there now that, uh, and enough, you know, live music venues there now that you can certainly um, quasi make a living, but you're going to be playing three to five nights a week to do that. Because um, most of my friends that are out of Austin now, they're all on the road and they're in, and they're very rarely in Austin. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're always out and, and working hard. And I've, I've got really good friends there, like Patrice Pike, that's been there for a long time that she's just always gone. And then every once in a while, she'll play a gig around town. Um, and, uh, I was just, I saw Bob Snyder when I was there recently and he's the same way. Although I know Bob has some standing room shows that he plays pretty regular around there, but for the most part, it's like you got to get on the road. Do you have any plans to do that? And what do you do during the day? To uh, are you day gigging now and playing at night? How are you getting through your weeks and and making making your your house payments? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. That I mean, being on the road is a good point, and that's you know that was another strong selling point for me about Texas was that the ecosystem here. Uh, is is really supportive to artists, and I know a lot of artists who make a pretty decent living just touring in Texas. Yeah, uh, because the state is is so massive, and there's such a culture of music of supporting original music. And I know even a lot of artists in in Nashville or in in Tennessee who are you know making yearly sojourns down to Texas because you know they can just they can play Texas for a month and then go back and and do pretty well. Um, you know, I, I will say, you know, I think I had, I had momentum going when I moved here and I was playing, I was playing a lot. And then, you know, pandemic started shutting, shutting things down. Um, and it's been, I, I kind of shut myself down too. And I know, you know, a lot of people were like, all right, we're just going to live stream everything. And I took a bit of a different approach and, 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 and didn't do that. Um, and some of that was because I had, I had this pretty, I had this really flexible, solid day job. I work, uh, I work for a company here as a writer. Um, and that's, that's how I pay my bills is, is writing. Um, and that is something that I enjoy doing. Um, and, and it works for me and, and there's the flexibility that I can go play at night. Um, or even if I need to go play during the day, uh, I have that flexibility to do that. And I have that support from the company. So I, I'm incredibly fortunate. Uh, I know that's not the reality for a lot of, a lot of artists. Um, but it's something that, that allows me to focus just on writing and creating music and not necessarily how am I going to eat tonight and how am I going to keep the roof over my head? Um, so have you, know, you and always I think it's, been it's a really easy writer? to fall. Uh, <laughs> writing has always come easily. It has come naturally to me. Um, I don't know if I would always say that I was, was gifted. Um, but it's something that I, I've, I've always liked playing with words and that's, 
something that I think that regardless of whether or not I ever make, you know, more than a dime from it, that I, I probably don't have a choice in the matter. I'm going to just keep doing it because it's uh, kind of all I really know how to do. So... You know what? I yeah, I, you know, I wouldn't it's, it's, I wouldn't say that like it's only it's just all I really know how to do. There are so many people that would love to have um the ability to write songs, to even write copy and to be able to, to you know, just to, just to have that um master of the language and be able to sh- to say things that people want to read or hear. So, you know, don't sell yourself short there, brother. You've got a gift and um you, yeah, you need to expound on I it clearly. That. Well, let's talk about this um, song we're going to play called "I Know Where I'm Going Tonight." Um, I I love the mm-hmm. way that I love the way that plays out, and I listened to that several times. I love the way that hooks me hooked me, and I kept waiting for where you were going to put it. And then when I heard it, I was like, "It makes so much sense." Um, was this enough? Was this one that came very easily for you? Did you just come up with the concept, or t- tell me about? It? I'm always interested in how people got their got their inspiration. Yeah, this was a, oh, this was one of those rare unicorn songs that I wrote in about 30 minutes and maybe even less. Um, It was, uh, I I was, it was a Saturday morning. I was kind of just sitting down at my, at my kitchen counter um, and had my guitar and and it kind of just accidentally um, dragged my thumb across that E chord. And I was like, oh, that feels like the start of something. And then um, you know, it's like a one, two, five progression that I think I probably stole from Justin Towns Earl. Um, and I kind of just started, the first line just fell out and everything just kind of fell into place after that. It's like one of those like 1%, uh, scenarios that you, you dream about as a songwriter. Um, and yeah, it was just, it, I, I wanted to write something that was, uh, like, I think that song is like six lines, maybe six or eight lines. I wanted to write something that was really minimalistic in terms of what the lyrics were. Um, and it just, everything just kind of, kind of fell into place. And then, um, you know, I love just like long middle of the song solo breaks and, yep. uh, Laura Joe Metz played that in the studio and, uh, he actually played both parts and, uh, the first half of that solo is on a baritone guitar. And then he, um, played slide on another one because Lauer hates playing pedal steel. So, uh, we told him he didn't have to play pedal steel if he could just do something do that something sounded, sounded like it on it the guitar. The <laughs> well, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful yeah. song. I really, really love it. It's so easy to listen to. And yeah, you're right. It's, sometimes the, the most simple ones are the ones that really, really, you know, really kick in and, and make us feel good about what we're doing. So we're going to play it right now. It's called, I know where I'm going tonight. It's the um, it's another single off of this new record coming out called Love Songs for Loners. If you're just listening, I'm talking with Michael Paul Lawson. Really cool cat. I really enjoy getting to know you, Michael. And we come back. We're going to talk about um, a show that he's going to have coming up. He's going to have a CD release or album release, however you want to call it, coming up pretty soon. And um, and we'll talk about some things maybe that well, I want to try to see if we can get him up, up in our area. But he's a Texas recording artist. We love having him here. Michael Paul Lawson. I know where I'm going tonight, and we'll be right back, right here on Texas Homegrown Music. You think I'd be settled by now? I've had my share of 
I'm sure you love that song just like I do and we're going to have some more for you and he's going to have a whole nother record coming out pretty soon. Let's talk about that. You've got this new record Love Songs for Loners. Tell me who recorded with you and, and where you did this. Yeah, I did this record up in up in East Nashville with Ken Coomer. Um, Ken most notably known for uh, drumming with Uncle Tupelo and the first few Wilco albums. 
Um, but Ken's also played a lot on uh, a lot of newer stuff, too. He's been drumming on the Arlo McKinley records um, that they've been recording in Memphis. Um, just uh, Ken is such a just a great dude. Um, you know, Ken first got on my radar in like 2015. Uh, I was still in Virginia. I was opening a show for Sons of Bill and they had just cut uh, a record called Love and Logic that, that Ken had produced. And I was... I started thinking, oh, I should I should talk to Ken, um, and that was kind of always that's always been my approach has been um, work with the best people that I possibly can, um, and and sometimes you find yourself as the least talented person in the room, and it makes you take a long hard look at yourself, and and in those situations, like you can either fold and be like, well, all right, I guess I'm not good enough, or you can you can make a list of things to work on and and get better, and so. Um, yeah, I've, I've been fortunate to put myself in that situation quite a few times. And, um, that kind of just helps me sharpen my craft. But yeah, so Ken and I started talking in like 2018, 2019, I was potentially going to do my first record with Ken, but, um, I really wanted to do that one in Austin. And so, uh, I didn't do it with Ken. And then we kind of got in touch again in 2020. And, uh, the more I thought about what I wanted this record to sound like, uh, I knew I knew that Ken was Ken was the guy, um, and so I started digging into his his discography and other albums that he's produced. And um, he was doing records. He had Lauer Jometz playing guitar on a lot of records. And um, uh, you've probably heard Lauer Jometz if you've ever listened to uh, Meta Modern Sounds and Country Music. Lauer is all over all that over Kirk that. Simpson mm-hmm. record, um, all over it, all over it. I mean, just one of the most incredible guitar players I have ever been in the presence of. Um, and so we had, he came in for two days. Uh, we tracked everything live over two days and then kind of spent the next three and a half days doing some overdubs. Uh, Billy Mercer played, played bass on the record. Billy had done some touring with Ryan Adams and, uh, had worked with Lucinda Williams as well, I believe. Um, and that was kind of that was kind of the core of, of of the group in the studio. Uh, Alberto Seawald was uh, behind the board, and Alberto plays with Katie Kirby, who's uh, I think she's she's from Texas. Yeah, kind of a more folk pop area. Um, yeah, and then Michael Webb played played B three and harmonium and piano on a few songs, and he's done some work with uh, uh, Ashley Monroe and 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 Pistol Annie's um, some great records. So that was the team up there and well they nailed you know the first couple days i was yeah yeah i mean i was i was in those first couple you walk into a room with lauer and you're kind of like what am i doing here like you know what you're doing there and that's that's what's cool about it we started that's what's cool about it we started you know we got through the first couple takes and i was just like oh this okay this is this is gonna be something yeah, well, you know, here's the cool thing about it. most most of those cats that are that that talented and that good, you know, they're they know what they do and they just do it. And they're I don't and you know the fact that they're there and they love playing with other people. They love giving their um, talent like that, and it's just a it's a win win for everybody. Well, I um, I definitely want to see you come up in our area a little bit more. I'd love to see you in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And the cool thing about Texas and about being in Austin is you're not that far away from anywhere unless you're heading down to, 
you know, that's <laughs> heading down to the almost Mexico, but everything else you can get to in just a few hours. And I would love to see you come up here. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to put your name in the hat to several venues that I know around this area and get you up here, Michael. I'd love to have your music here. Um, and I'd love to be able to yeah, see you in it. person. I'm- um, I know that you've got to uh, bring me to Dallas. You bring, come on! I know that you you were gonna <laughs> bring me to Dallas. You're gonna reschedule your Meanwhile Brewery gig. Um, it sounds like you said maybe at the end of October, October 18th, which is not. Uh, yeah, October October 18th. Yeah, that's not long after your album's gonna actually release. Uh, so maybe you should try to try to make a party out of it. Yeah, I think we'll. Uh, We'll have to make the best of it getting canceled uh, on August 30th, and I think we'll try to do something pretty big for that. So I'll and and for um, everybody for everybody in, in the area that uh, is listening from Austin, you do um, you're going to be that's a Saxon Pub on the 7th of uh, November for the BMI Songwriters Night, right? That's right. So that'll yep, be cool yep, as yep. well. Going to be in a songwriting round there. Mm-hmm. That that'll be awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time out and sharing your talent with us. We're gonna play some fights you'll never win, which was the title track off your last record, which was only in 2019, people. So I mean, this guy's been busy two records within three years, and I can't even get one out after seven. I'm still working on getting my EP out there. So. Um, thank you so much for being on Texas Homegrown Music, and we'll be right back to talk about what we've got coming up, but we're going to listen one more time to Michael Paul Lawson. The song's called Some Fight She'll Never Win. Um, yeah, I already know about that, and I, I just I just learned to pick mine. <laughs> so, I still win it if I pick it, though, right? <laughs> and we'll be that's right it, back, right it. here, right here on Texas Homegrown Music. I've been told that I'm cold. Better off alone I hold on to things a bit too long My hands were tied Before I even tried I still don't know what I'm trying to find I fought myself Time and time again I lost so many times I can't remember all of them I went toe to toe Even though I know That there's just some fights You'll never win And I swore that I'd change Never be the same Still do the same things every day I couldn't drop the spade Even as it dug my grave I let it bury me A man can find a sin In every small so many I can't remember all of them I went toe to toe Even though I know that there's just some fights You'll never win And I see it in the faces of all the broken men 
Watching from the ringside with their pad and pen The ones who spent their lives with their backs against the ropes Who never took a fighter's chance, never saw how far they can go
it's the one and only Guthrie Kennard singing Mama's Cooking in the Kitchen. You guys, send some prayers up for Guthrie. He's undergoing some cancer treatment right now. We just did a benefit for him at the Garland Theater, and we're just praying that he gets through this thing and gets back out there playing music because I know that uh, he's got a he's got a sound that only he can he can be recognized at, and I just love him. You guys can also hear my interview with him and my archived uh, my archived shows there with Guthrie Kennard. Check it out. That's the close of another show with my friend Michael Paul Lawson. Michael, you're such a gift, of such a great writer and good singer, songwriter. And if you guys have a chance, get out there to one of his shows. I know that he's going to be doing a, a, a release for his new record here pretty soon. And I, I'm just excited for him. I know that this is all more music for all of us to enjoy right here in the beautiful scene of Texas. So thank you, Michael. I want to say again, thank you to my sponsors. Of course, Tupps Brewery, Guitar Sanctuary, and uh, Burris Injury Law. And I'm going to close the show with uh, a John Fulbright song. And although he's from Okima, Oklahoma, he's got a song called Poster Child. And it just, just hangs with me. And he's going to be playing at the Kessler on Friday, October 8th. I'll be at that show. You guys, come and get your tickets. It'll, it'll be a nice one. I just love that theater. It's just the right size. Very intimate and uh, great sounding. So, I hope to see you at that show on October 8th with Geth, uh, with uh, John Fulbright. And we'll say goodbye now on Texas Homegrown Music. Until the next time, peace out, everybody. This is Maylee Thomas bringing you the soul behind the songs right here on Texas Homegrown Music. See you next time. Well, you make a hundred dollars and you shake a little coin. You pick her up in Dallas and you leave her in the morning. It's a mediocre maestro with his mutilated friends. He waits for his crescendo, but instead it all descends. He used to make it thunder, he used to make it rain, but now it's just the water as it dashes down the drain. When a dog gets hungry, well, he gets a little riled, but we haven't seen a sign of the poster child. Left but headlines to the post to child.